0: This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. What a Lord is good, amen? Yes. Praise God. You guys gearing up for Thanksgiving? Yes. Praise the Lord. I know some for some of you it's going to be a short week, amen. Uh, but God is so awesome. We are, I've been on a series this month on Keys to an Excellent Spirit and uh, I really believe that when we walk in excellence, it opens the door for God's grace and his favor and abundance. And, uh, you know, the Bible actually says one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible is in it's John 10, 10, And it says the thief comes, Jesus speaking, he says the thief comes to steal, kill and to destroy. But Jesus said he came to give us what life and give it to us. What more abundantly? And so, um, you know, not everybody's walking in that more abundance of life. I mean, let me just say this. Not every Christian is walking in that more abundance. You know, a lot of God's promises, I would say most of God's promises uh, in his word are conditional. And so there are some conditions that we need to uh, meet before we see some of the promises of God. In our life, we know that there is a promise that Jesus is coming back. That's not conditional. Jesus is coming back no matter if you're ready or not. He's, He wants us to get ready for His return. It's looking really bad out here and He's coming back and He's going to come back no matter if we're ready or not. Amen. And I'm going to say, get ready. Look at your neighbor and say, "Get get ready. Now that's a promise. That, uh, that we don't have to make God, we don't have to qualify for. It's gonna already happen. But there are some promises that you have to qualify for. For instance, receiving Jesus, uh, uh, to receive salvation, you have to receive Jesus. You have to ask Him into your heart. Amen? And so we're talking about walking in an excellent spirit. And this is a study that we've been looking at in the book of Daniel. And we found that Daniel, um, and Meshach, Shadrach and Abednego, they were in captivity to the Babylonians. And um, we fo- found out that they walked in a great, ama- uh, great amount of favor. And even though that they were in a, in a hostile environment. And I'm going to say this as a Christian, if you, you're going to walk like a Christian in this world, it can be a hostile environment out here. If you're going to stand for what's right, if you're going to do the right things, um, if you're going to try to stand up for truth, there's going to be hostility that's going to come against us. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to believe for it. Amen. Uh, The Bible says those who live godly will suffer persecution. And you may say, well, I'm not really suffering persecution. Are you living godly? Okay, well... But if you're going to live godly, you are going to suffer persecution. Amen. I, I want to recap on uh, what I've been teaching on the, uh, you know, keys to walking in an excellent spirit. And the number one key is that we need to walk in honor. Somebody say honor. honor. If you have your Bibles, uh, open your Bibles to first Peter two. I haven't hit on this verse in, 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 in our study in honor, but it's very good. And really what we need to do is we need to honor God and we need to honor others and walk in integrity uh, towards others. Amen. And in first Peter two, verse verses 11 through 17. I know this is a lot of reading, but you'll love me for it. And um, it says here, have you found it yet? I know I've been I go fast on my scriptures here. So first Peter two, eleven 11 through 17. It says, Beloved, I beg you, this is Peter speaking to the church, speaking to us. Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshy lust, which war against the soul. Have your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works, which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. Therefore submit yourself to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether to the king or to the supreme or the governors or to those who are sent by Him uh, for that uh, uh, see, sent by Him for the punishment of evildoers and of the praise of those who do good. For this is the will of God using liberty as a cloak for vice, but a bondservance of God, honor the people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. So what he's saying here is Peter is saying that we are we're just passing through this life. You know, don't get so used to this uh, world. Amen. Uh, don't fall too much in love with this world. We need to be more in love with Jesus. And we're just pilgrims. We're just passing through. Amen. And he's saying here that we need to make sure that we're living right. So people won't be look. you know, so people won't have a cause to be saying evil about us. Amen. That's true. Amen. In other words, when we're living right, they may say evil about us, but hopefully that evil isn't true. And hopefully we're living upright and we're walking upright. When, we're start, when we do that, God, God's glory and his blessings will be upon us and people will see that. And then they will start turning to us, knowing that God is with us. And then, then we will have the opportunity to minister the goodness and the glory and the love of God. And what they will end up doing is praising God at the end. And the Bible actually says that we need to honor, we need to honor governors, we need to honor the president. You know, you may not agree with everything the president says and does, but you, you, don't, you don't need to, you know, you don't need to complain. Don't complain, just pray. Pray for our president. Pray for our government officials. Pray for those that, that, that are our managers and our bosses and those that are uh, uh, above us, amen, in rank. Pray for those. As we do that, we will be like children of the Most High. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So what we need to do is give honor to whom honor is due. And it says here, it says here in the last verse that I read, uh, uh, honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Amen. And so when we walk in honor, this is a key To having an excellent spirit. And when we walk in honor, God will honor us. We honor God's word. How do you honor God's word? By being obedient to God's word. And as we honor God, he honors us. Can I get an amen? amen? And then the second key, which is another key to walking in excellence. I'm talking walking in the abundant life this morning. I'm talking about walking in the favor of God this morning, and it's and the second key of doing this is walking in faithfulness. Somebody say faithfulness. faithfulness. Proverbs twenty-eight twenty says this way: a faithful man will abound in blessings. And so, when I look at a truth and I study a truth, I like to a lot of times take the opposite of of, of that. In other words. What if a if a faithful man abounds in blessings, what what will an unfaithful man abound in? Okay, you can just think of that. <laughs> just, just you know, inquiring minds like to know, right? What do you, if you're unfaithful, what are you gonna abound in? Okay, we won't go there. Amen. And so and so here in 1 Corinthians. It says, let a man, uh, 1 Corinthians 4, 1 and 2, it says, let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it's required in stewards that one be found faithful. We're talking about faithfulness as a second key. And so in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1, 2, it says, let a man so consider us as servants. Somebody say, I'm a servant. I'm a servant. And it says, as, as Christ stewards. Of the mysteries of God, you know, you are a steward of the mysteries of God's word. And, you know, uh, one of the ways that that my faith has been increased and how my faith has increased over the years was when I received some truth in the word of God, I just didn't keep it for myself. It wasn't just for me to prosper for myself. When I found a key in the word of God, or when I found something that, that, that brought me more liberty, I would tell somebody, man, did you know what I just found in the word today? And I would start talking. Hey, do you ever read your Bible and God reveals something to you? And he said, I got to tell somebody. Right, Pastor, Pastor uh, uh, I just don't get much out of the Bible. Keep reading it. (laughs) Ask God for revelation from the word of God. God's word is impregnated with revelation. And he wants us to have those aha moments. We're reading his word. Ah, you know, oh, I was reading his word just the other day. and I was like, wow, nice. You know, it was just going off in me. Pastor, you're weird. You know, No, listen, listen. No, that's the way the word, the word is called living word. Amen. It's living. Yes. And when we get into it, see, you've got to come in and we, like when you come into church, you've got to come in. When you read the word, you have to have an attitude, a, a humility, a teachable attitude that you want God to reveal some truth in you. You shouldn't come to church to critique the pastor. You should be coming in, praise God, not to find out how many things went wrong with the service. Hello. Amen. Did anybody wake up on the wrong side of bed this morning? <laughs> in other words, any of us in here, and I'm going to get into my third point. Any of, any of us in here are more negative than positive. We won't go there. So faithfulness. Amen. So, so it says here that we we are, uh, should be considered as servants, Christ stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it's required for a steward to be found faithful. Yeah, yeah. What is a steward? A steward is a manager. Uh, God has made each one of us managers, and he wants us to manage his truth faithfully. Amen. Yeah. And so we see that in 1 in Corinthians for one and two, it says in this way in the Amplified. So then, let let so then let us who minister be regarded as servants of Christ and stewards, trustees and administrators of the mysteries of God that He choose to reveal. In this case, moreover, is required a central and a demand of stewards that one be found faithful and trustworthy. One of the keys also is that is that when you know the truth and you see a brother and sister that's not walking in the truth, it's our responsibility to in love to bring truth to them. Okay, man, it's going over like a lead balloon this morning. And so, yes, you can first thing, pray for them. That God will open their eyes. If you got people, you know, your family members that are walking, you know, double dumb in this life, you know what I'm talking about? They're doing double dumb things. They're not walking in the word and they claim to be a Christian or they're backslidden. Then you pray for them, but then they pray that laborers will be sent in their path. And then, if possible, a door of opportunity for you to try to bring some correction in love. Amen. How do you know uh, uh, that a, uh, that you are a mature believer? How do you know, if, uh, you know, if you if you can take correction with grace? Okay, boy, that, that's just a side note. Amen. And so and so we, we need to look at that uh, in in Luke sixteen ten. It says, "If you are faithful," now this is a, a principle upon all principles that I really believe that if we walk in this principle of faithfulness we will see and if we do it right we will see the abundant life that Jesus promised each one of us in in abundance and and this is in Luke 16:10 it says this way Jesus speaking he said if you are faithful in little things somebody say little things little. You will be faithful in large ones, but if you're dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with great responsibilities. And this is the, this is what the enemy, the devil, would like to try to deceive some of us. He would try to make us think, well, it's the little things aren't that big of a deal. It's the big things, but really, it's the little things that can sink your faith boat. It's the little lies. It's the. Are you here,? It's not the big things. You know when people go leave God when they when they leave God they leave the church when they go out in adulterous relation when they leave their families. It didn't start off big. It started off little. They were faithful to unrighteousness. Just one little seed. This little seed it starts to grow. Amen. It starts to grow into into pretty soon they're out there. So 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 it it works the same way in being faithful in in righteousness. When you're faithful in coming to church, when you're faithful in in studying your Bible, when you're faithful in witnessing, when you're faithful in giving, just whatever God gives you in the little, Amen. God will give you much. Am I talking to somebody today? For instance, you know, some, you know, some of us, you know, and you guys are faithful. You guys are faithful givers. I, we have great givers in here. But, but I am going to say this. The enemy will try to keep some of us from giving. There's some of us from giving that, you know, our tithe and offerings. And, and we, we, we con ourselves. You know, my 11th commandment is thou shalt not fool thyself. And we con ourselves. We say, God, when, when, when you bring more money in, I'll start to tithe. But it goes against this principle. Amen. Because if you can't tithe on the little that you have, God won't give you, make you a steward of more. Amen. Okay, I just, amen, amen. That's, for, that's for some of us in here, amen. And so when you're faithful in the little, you know, I was faithful in my little finances, you know, over the years. And God has multiplied me. Thank you, Lord. God has increased me. And you know, just be faithful in the small, and then, then you know what? That then, pretty soon, God will start blessing and increasing you, and and blessing you. And people will say, "Wow, how are you doing?" And you say, "Because I'm walking in excellence of the Lord." Amen. And so, so the, the third key I want to talk to you about, and it works right in to the, to Thanksgiving. Amen. And it and it's a uh, I call it a heart of gratitude. Gratitude. Amen. And, you know, uh, gratitude, uh, the definition of gratitude is the state of being grateful and thankful. Gratitude. Uh, you know, uh, gratitude is so important in uh, the, the, our relationship with God. It is so important on how we walk with God, a, a heart of gratitude, a heart of thanksgiving. One person said, if you want to learn to receive more from God, develop an attitude of gratitude. A, a, a thankful heart can go a long way. And so when we, when we develop that attitude, then we're going we're gonna to see God move greater in our lives. Let's look at Daniel because we we're looking at Daniel, the book of Daniel. And let's look at this because this is the key principle here. In Daniel's chapter 6, verse 10, and it says here, on uh, Daniel 6, verse 10, it says, When Daniel learned that the decree has been signed and posted, he prayed just as he had always done. His house had windows in the upstairs that opened towards Jerusalem. Three times a day, he knelt there in prayer, thanking And praising his God. Now think about this. Daniel was in a place where it was hostile. It was really hostile towards the things of God. And he was serving under the Babylonians. And he was serving, you know, in a a crooked type kingdom. And the king at that time... Uh, maybe, maybe at that time it was the Persian king. And at that time, uh, he, they made a decree and now he was one of the king's advisors. And think about this. The, the, uh, other king's advisors were jealous of Daniel and they wanted to get a decree. We know the story because I've been talking about it, but they wanted to get a decree that nobody could worship no other God, but the king for 30 days, only 30 days and you could you could see it you know as i was meditating on this you could see that daniel was brought up you know or he may have been right there in the council of the king when these people brought this up to the king and uh, and they said you know king you need to make a decree that only only the people in your kingdom can worship you for the next 30 days and the king thought it was good but he loved daniel and but he wasn't realized he was being tricked and And Daniel going against that decree. Now, I want to say this. The Bible does say that we honor the government and we do honor our leaders. But, you know, the government of God trumps the government down here. And if God calls us to witness and the government tells us not to witness, then we go with what God says. Amen. Amen. We witness. Amen. Amen. And so, 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 so there is a foundational truth above the natural truth. Amen. So you don't, you're, we're not lawless people. We don't show break laws, but we do go with the laws of God. Amen. And so that's the reason why we will, you know, witness and if, uh, you know, and we will pray for the sick. Why? Because that's what we're called to do. You're called to be a witness. You're called to increase the kingdom of God. You have an assignment Amen. down here. And you need to get a revelation of that, that that you have purpose. Look at your neighbor and say, you got purpose." purpose. Look at your other neighbors and say, I don't know about you. No, you got purpose. I mean, each one of you got purpose. And so really, and that purpose is to expand the kingdom of God. And Daniel, you know, he knew the decree. And it said that he went up there, he opened the windows and he prayed. But what What? What I liked about this, this is in the message version. It says he prayed, thanking and praising God three times a day. Think about that. And, you know, I want to say this. You know, if, if you knew that there was bad news that came your way, amen, that, you know, the bad news, well, you know, is your first thought to praise God? Is your first thought to worship the Lord when something bad happens? You know, you, know, you know, we will encounter some trials. We will encounter some tribulations because we live in a fallen world. That's why Jesus said, pray that it'll be down here on earth like it is in heaven. Heaven's perfect. Yeah. Heaven's full of love. Heaven's great. I'm looking forward to getting there. Glory to God. How many people? Amen. It's great. But down here, we're going to have problems. There's there's opposition against walking with God down here. The atmosphere outside the church is opposed to to godliness. Amen. And so we have to to understand that that there's going to be some problems down here. And so we need to re- 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 respond positively. Some of us, some of us, when we encounter problems, we move to grumble alley. And we just grumble and we complain. And, we go, and listen, if you grumble and complain, you're going to remain. Well, that's good. I like that. If you grumble and complain, you remain. If you praise God, you'll be raised out of that situation. Amen. And so some of us, you know, we, we're, we are encountering some, some trials in our life. I call it the trial of faith. But listen, if you continue to persist and push through and don't let go of the unchanging hand of God, I'm telling you, you will reap the crown of life. Yes. Amen. We have to persevere. Yes. Somebody say persevere. persevere. And we do that through worshiping God. We praise God. We honor God for who he is and what he can do in our lives. And so we need to move out of Grumble Alley into what I call Praise Avenue. You know, some of you, you know, uh, and, and I'm, a, I'm a word man. How many people are word people out here? I love reading the word of God. I love the word of God. I just love it. And sometimes I get so much in a word, I forget about worship. I can read the word. I love revelation. I love getting that. Oh, man, I just got a good nugget today, you know. And, uh, and, and I love getting revelation from the word of God. But sometimes I forget, you know, to worship God, to thank God, to praise God. And, you know, worship really is a key to to receiving more from God. That's why when we have worship, you know, we have, this is really this entire service is called a worship service. And that's why we, we praise and we sing songs to the Lord. Um, you know, uh, before we start the service, because when we do that, if you get in here, because the enemy will try to try to get get us getting in late and missing worship. But when you get, if you can get in here, worship, God can answer some of your questions and actually touch you in worship. And in that process of worshiping, God can prepare your heart to receive the word of God. Yes. Amen. And so really worship will prepare our hearts to receive that incorruptible seed of that word that can actually help us and change our situation. How many people need some situations changed in here? How many people want to have a new outlet look? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God. It was like that story of that one man. I've told this story before, but it was the uncle that came over and he to, to babysit the kids. And the parents went out and the uncle was there. He fell asleep on the couch and he had a big handlebar mustache. And one of the kids went into the kitchen and said, hey, uh, you know, two or three kids, you know, the uh, boys. You know how boys are, right? Mm-hmm. And they went again. They got some uh, cheese, some, what is that, um, that smelly cheese. Uh, and they put it on his mustache. They wiped it on his mustache. And they, they woke up, his, the uncle, and he woke up and he said, something stinks in here. And then he said, man. And he got up, he walked to the kitchen, something stinks in here. And then he walked out of the kitchen, walked in the hallway. Oh, it really stinks here. He opened the door and he took a big, big, you know, whiff. And he said, the whole world Stinks. And that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants us to have a stinking attitude. Amen. He wouldn't be get we, 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 Somebody takes advantage of us. Somebody does us down and dirty. Uh, we don't get a promotion that we believe we deserve. Uh, you know, our dog dies. Uh, somebody cusses us out. We get in a car accident. And then we, 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 we think about these things. And we think about why is all this happening to us. And we focus on these things. And all of a sudden, we're on we're on. Ground Now we're griping and complaining. Or we may not be saying because we know our words are powerful. How many people know your words are powerful? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth leaks, right? What you've been meditating on will come out of your mouth. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? We need to be meditating on the goodness of the Lord. Somebody say meditate on the goodness of the Lord. Amen. Amen. So so my question is, how do we respond when bad news comes our way? Do we respond in faith or do we respond in fear? In James, which is one of my favorite chapters of the New Testament, James chapter 1, let's look at this. It says it this way and it says, It says, my brethren, James chapter 1, verse 1, or verse 2 through 8. My brethren counted all joy. When you fall into various trials, count it all joy. When you fall into various trials, known that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. And if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally, And without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith without doubting. For he who doubts is like the wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. I had to read the whole thing. Because here, it says here, count it all joy. When you encounter some trials, you know that that's really that. It sounds ludicrous to the natural mind. You know what I'm saying? Count it all joy, Pastor. What are you talking about? My, I'm about ready to lose my house. You know, my my car is about ready. My car just got repossessed last week. You mean you telling me to count it all joy? It's better than cursing God and dying. I mean, what else are you going to do? In other words, God's the only one that can help you. He said, no, 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 my friend can help me down No, really, you need to put your faith and trust in God. He's the only one that can help you. In other words, he's the the miracle worker. Are you hearing what what, what, what I'm saying today? God can work miracles on your behalf. But he can only work miracles when we're walking in faith. In other words, faith accesses the miracles of God in our life. Faith does that. It's a positive response. Faith is basically a positive response to God's promises in our lives. Amen. It's not a negative response. It's a positive response to God's promises in our lives. Amen. And as we, as, as we respond properly, as we start worshiping God, not for the problem that we're encountering, but for the grace that's going to come in in that situation. In other words, you know, it's not over till it's over. And just because you're going through something, you know, whatever the enemy tries to come against you, whatever, if he steals from you, when he's found out, he's going to have to repay back sevenfold, the Bible says. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So if the enemy tries to take something from you, you better start rejoicing because God's going to return it sevenfold when you respond in a proper manner and attitude. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? And you have to respond properly properly. How do you respond? By praising and worshiping God when the wrong things are happening. And you, and you say, well, I've been doing that, Pastor, but I haven't seen any change. Well, keep doing it. That's right. The Bible says, what you've done all, stand and keep standing. Yes. Amen. In other words, you keep standing and praising God until it start until it changes. Yes. Amen. And it says that if you lack any wisdom, God will give you wisdom in that place. Yes. But what, what it really is saying that we're undergirded our faith, your faith is undergirded by patience. Yes. Did you have to say that, Pastor? Yes. So there's going to be a process of patience that's going to work on the inside of us. And I'm telling you, we will feel like we're lacking nothing. But I feel like I'm lacking, Pastor. I feel like I'm lacking. I don't, I'm not, I'm lacking, I'm lacking. Man, because you haven't given it to the Lord fully, you're still trying, you're carrying the burden. You're carrying the burden of the thing. You got to give your burdens to the Lord. You got to cast all, all, all your cares, all your worries, all your burdens on the Lord because you, you were never meant to carry worries. You were meant to carry burdens. You weren't meant to carry these things. No, you're, that's why we have prayer. Amen. Why worry when you can pray? Amen. And if you're going to worry, just forget about praying. Amen. That's why we have prayer, because we give it to the Lord. Yes. But pastor, it's really been hard. No, no, the way of a transgressor is hard. Yes. Jesus said, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. It's not that hard. But, Pastor, you know, it's your perspective. You've got to change your perspective on what's going on in your life. You need to change it. Change that perspective. God is working out a a more sure uh, reward uh, 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 of grace in your life if you you allow that thing to push you deeper into the things of God. I'm going to say this. There's no losers in God. Hallelujah. God always causes us to triumph in Christ. Are you hearing what I'm saying to Always, Pastor? Always. Like I say, you don't, you don't lose, you learn. Th- can I say it again? You don't lose, you learn. But, Pastor, I lost some money last week. Well, you learn not to put it on the lottery then. Praise <laughs> <Thank you>. God. <laughs> Hallelujah. You learn not to go to Vegas and lose it all. Amen. Amen. Let's look at at this. First Thessalonians says it this way. In 5, 16, and 18. It says it this way. It says, Grumber always and complain without ceasing. I'm sorry, I'm I'm reading the reverse translation this morning. Let me get that, let me get back to the right translation. It says here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 16 through 18, in New King James Version, it says it this way Rejoice always. Pray always without ceasing in everything give thanks in everything in everything give thanks in everything in everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you so it's God's will to give thanks in everything now it doesn't say give thanks for everything it doesn't say give thanks because your kids are, are on drugs and all that. and Oh, thank you, God. Our kids, my kids are on drugs. No, it doesn't say thank God for that. But thank God in everything. Why? Because God can, can, can work in that situation if we allow him to. Because God's bigger than the devil. The last time I checked, my God's bigger than the devil. Listen, I, I have a big God. I have a huge God. The more you worship and praise God, the bigger God gets. And the more you gripe and complain, the bigger the devil gets. Yes. Some of us have, there's a bigger devil that we're walking, it seems like, because we're always talking about, man, the devil's been running after me, you know, and the devil's doing this, and the devil's doing that, and the devil's doing that. Man, you, man, you should. <laughs> devil conscious. You need to get God conscience. Amen. Some of you believe that, oh man, I, I, man, you're more acquainted with the devil than God. Jesus. And you're a Christian. No, we should be more acquainted with God than the devil. Amen. Hello. Anybody know what I'm talking about here? Amen. You know who complains all the time? The devil. Yes. He's, a, he's the biggest complainer. He's king complainer. He's always complaining. About, God, look at your, look at that guy, that, your child. He's, he's messing up. He's screwing up. He's, he needs to be judged, you know, because he's always accusing us, right? Amen. And God said, well, you know, Jesus is praying for that man. And, and And we're giving him some time to repent, but no, you should, you should exact judgment now, no, there's time. and he's going to turn away from that bad thing because Jesus' is praying that his faith doesn't fail. And some of us, I'm telling you, praise God, have, God has turned us around before the judgment of God hit us. Praise God. Woke us up out of our stupor. Woke us out out of our sleep. Thank God. Woke us up. Said, I got to get back to church. Before all hell broke loose, you don't know where God has protected you from. Some of you are in church this morning. You think, what am I doing here? I got invited, but you know. I don't have any problems right now. Just wait. Problems will come. You may not have a problem right now, but you probably will next week. Amen? I'm not going to prophesy that. But all of us go through issues. All of us go through problems. Christians aren't exempt from them. Pastor, I thought once I received Christ, it was all going to be hunky-dory. It was going to be smooth sailing. Now, there's going to be some waves in the water. Amen. But you have to learn to speak to the waves. Amen. Somebody say, peace, be still. Peace be still. Amen. So, so we see that. And um, I can barely read my notes here. Therefore, let's look at, look at, let's look at some promises here. In Psalms 34, 17 it says it this way. I love Psalms 34. Anyway, listen, if you want to learn to be a praiser and worship, you want me to give you a clue here? Start reading the Psalms. Thank somebody got somebody got a clue. Yeah. Start reading the Psalms. You know David wrote a lot of the Psalms. He didn't, read all, he didn't write all of them, but he wrote a lot of them. And he wrote the Psalms why? Because he was dealing with a lot of problems. He had a king that was trying to kill him. You know, part of his life. He had he had he had enemies. And so he's, you know what, if you want to, if you want to bring the problems down in your life, you got to focus on something different than the problems. You need to focus on God. Amen. And it will help us, you know, alleviate focusing on the problems. Yes, look at, look at Psalms 34, 70. It says, the righteous cry out and the Lord hears and delivers them out of some of their troubles. Oh. Out of all their troubles, thank you. Psalms 3419, many of the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. I like this one. God it's not in my notes. God sent his word and healed us and delivered us from our destructions. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Psalms 27, 13, I would have lost heart unless I believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Listen, listen, faith pleases God. The Bible says it's impossible to please God without faith. That's the key. We have to have faith. And faith is always a positive attitude towards God It's a positive attitude and we, and we have to understand this that faith really opens up heaven to rain down its blessings upon us the Bible says if you that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him Amen. and so we know that faith pleases God so again you got when you when you're reading verses what do you think this pleases God take the opposite all right so if faith pleases God, then doubt and unbelief displeases God. Amen. Right? So, so we can't if we're walking in doubt and unbelief, it will displease God. God it displeases God. In other words, it goes back to James 1. James talks about that a double-minded man will receive nothing from the Lord. A double-minded man is one person one side saying, Woo! God's going to do it! God is awesome! I just heard pastor preach! Woo! And then you get home, you get a phone call and something negative, some negative news. Oh, my gosh, the devil's taking me down. I'm not going to be able to make it alright and and you're double and then you get in prayer oh I'm doing good and I cast it on and then you're done in prayer and then all of a sudden the enemy starts bringing the thoughts to you oh man it ain't gonna work God's like it's been taking so long and what we do is we shift and we're double minded we're we're positive and negative positive and negative and then you get nothing but but a belly ache and we're wondering why our faith isn't working you gotta stay consistent and worshiping and praising God. You've got to stay consistent at it. Amen? And so we see that. So, so God expects us, all believers, to be thankful. And, and when we, he expects that, when we, listen, just being thankful, God will reward you rich, richly. Just being thankful. Let me, let me give you a story here. It's in, it's in Luke chapter 12. Well, yeah. Here's some stories of gratitude. It's in Luke chapter 17, 11 through 19, excuse me. And, and, it's, and it says this way, as it happened that as, this is the message version I'm reading, Luke 17, 11 through 19. Did you find it? Yeah. I'm trying to help you guys. <laughs> It happened that as he made his way towards Jerusalem, he crossed over to the border, this is talking about Jesus, between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten men, or or all leopards, met him. And they kept their distance, but raised their voices, calling out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Taking a good look at them, he he said, Go, show yourself to their priests. And they went, and while, while still on their way, became clean. Now you have to understand in the Jewish custom, when, when people went to show themselves to the priests, normally that was a indication because the priests were sort of kind of like doctors at that time. They would examine a person if they had, you know, if they were a leper, if they had any kind of disease. And a lot of times these people that had diseases in that culture, they would be separated from the other people. And so they would be in in a group where all the diseased people, they would separate diseased people from the healthy people. And so for you, for, and some of these people received miracles and they, and some of the diseases they dealt with, uh, they were healed different times of the Bible. And when they were, they would go to the priest to examine them and the priest would, 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 would say they were clean and they could mix with the population. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? They wouldn't be quarantining anymore. And so when Jesus was saying, go show yourself to the priest, what he was saying was, go show yourself. In faith, they had to go, turn, and start walking towards the priest as if they were already clean. Hallelujah. Thank God, Jesus. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And so as they did that, they became clean. They, they were healed, right? They, they became clean. And they knew in their bodies they were clean, right? And so, and so this one man that... Um, uh, let's look at this. He's taken a good look at them. He said, "Go show yourself the priests." And they went, and while still on their way, became clean. One of them, when he realized that he was healed, turned around, came back shouting his, his gratitude, glorifying God. He knelt at Jesus' feet, so grateful he could thank him. he couldn't thank him enough, and he was a Samaritan. And Jesus said, "Were not 10 healed, where are the nine? Now this is an indictment. Because, see, I, because some of us, I don't know, maybe, maybe you don't praise God that much, but you need to start. Amen. And you why? Because He saved your blessed assurance. Amen. Hallelujah. He saved you from a pit of hell. Just the fact that your name's written in the Lance Book of Life. If you don't get anything else in this life, if you just live a poverty stricken life, barely making it, you're going to heaven. But you're not going to live a poverty-stricken life because you're, you're getting notes from how to walk in an excellent spirit. And even if we don't ever get anything down here, I'm telling you, the blessings of heaven are so much greater. Amen. So much greater than what we have down here. It pales to what we have down here. And the man dropped down and he worshiped God. And he praised God. And he was a Samaritan. You know what? This is an interesting fact. I believe it's a fact. Most people that come from other countries that come here, you know, legally, okay. <laughs> they normally become millionaires. And they may not even speak the English, uh, English language. Why? Because, they, they, because they, they, they understood, they understand freedom and they came from bondage. And they come here and they end up making lots of money and doing well. Like my, my, my wife's parents that came from Vietnam and they were dirt poor and now they own their own business. They own homes. They own them. They don't owe any money on their houses. Oh, you hear what I'm saying today? They're prosperous because they understand freedom. And a lot of times we don't understand our freedoms in God. We don't understand what God has given us and we're not accessing that. Are you hear what I'm saying to you today? And this, this man was so thankful. You know, the Bible says that people that are lost people, one of the reasons why they're lost, why people out here don't have Jesus in their life, because they don't have a thankful heart towards God. The Bible says they have a heart of unthankfulness. Let not that be said of us. Let us be people that are thankful. No matter what we're going through. Man, right now, I'm telling you right now, I'm dealing with a splitting headache. Right now, My God. but you know what? God's faithful, Amen. it's God. going in Jesus' name. Thank you. Jesus. I know you, some of you thought, Man, he's a little off, you know. <laughs> but if you were dealing with this, Glenn and Eddie, you'd be a little off too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have my Coca Cola, Jerry Coke this morning. <laughs> my pain reliever to add to my faith, Amen, and my Excedrin, Amen. No, it's um, whatever I had no way to Advil. Thank you, <laughs> thank you, brother. <laughs> Amen. So you hear what I'm saying today, and this is what this is interesting. He gave glory to God except the outsider, and, and this one says, then he said to him, "Get up." On your way, your faith has healed you, and your faith has saved you. This man, not just, he didn't just get healed. Those nine guys went and got clean, but I don't know if they got salvation. In other words, this man got saved. And then in the next story I want to talk to you about, it's a a story of of Mary breaking the alabaster box of perfume on Jesus. And And this story here, it takes place in three of the Gospels. And in Matthew it says, and when Jesus was in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper. Think about that. Who was Simon the leper? I would have to say to you that it could have been that man that bowed down and worshipped Jesus. And now he's serving Jesus. When you start praising and worshipping Jesus, I'm telling you, and you start giving him honor, God wants you in the kingdom. And I'm telling you, God moved. It says here, when Jesus was in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, a woman came to him having an alabaster flask of very costly fragrant oil. And she poured it on his head. And, and, and as he sat, poured it on Jesus' head as he sat on the, uh, at the table. But when his disciples saw it, they were indignant, saying, Why this waste? For the, uh, why, why this waste? for this fragrance of oil might have been sold and given to the poor but when Jesus was aware of it he said to them why do you trouble the woman for she has done a good work for me for you have the poor always but me you do not always have for whatever the gospel is preached the whole world this woman has done will also be a memorial to her Jesus honored this woman and said wherever the gospel preached she's going to be in the story who is this woman this is Mary the, the sister of Lazarus why did she do that? I believe that she poured that, that fragrance on him because she was so thankful that he raised her brother from the dead. And she was just thinking, about, I still got my brother. God still answers prayers even when it's too late. Remember, he was in the grave for four days. Mary Mary said, oh, it's too late. It's never too late for God. Don't ever say it's too late. God can change your situation. God can change it. It's never too late. God can turn back time. God can do a miracle in your life. And she worshiped God. She praised God. She honored God. And God rewarded her and said, this will be a memorial to her when the gospel is preached. And it's being preached 2,000 years down the road. And we're still honoring Mary for what she did. God wants to honor you this morning. He has already honored you. He honored you. I was thinking about that this morning. He honored you by by willing to give up his very best. God gave up his very best. He gave you his very best Jesus. He loves Jesus. And he was willing to give Jesus to us. And he was willing to be separated from Jesus on the cross. The very thing he loved the most, he was willing to give up. What do you you love the most? Are you willing to give it up to God? Are you willing to give it all to God? Are you willing to do that? And as you do that, you'll see the grace and the blessings of God in your lies you believe that today bow your heads in prayer father I just thank you that you did give us your son Jesus that that Jesus you love Jesus and Jesus loved you and Jesus gave up his life for us so that we could have eternal life and Jesus was separated from you father oh Jesus loves you so much father and but he allowed himself to be separated on the cross so that we could be united with you And I thank you, Father God, for your mercies and for your goodness and for your love. And you're merciful and you're good and you're loving. And perhaps you're here today. You know, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what situation you're dealing with. But God can help you in that situation. He can bring a miracle in your situation. Just trust God. Put your trust in God. Maybe you never put your trust in God. You never asked Jesus to come into your life because you feel like you've got to run this life yourself. Listen, you were never meant to live this life by yourself. You need God in your life. And I'm just, I, I'm begging you, receive Christ. Start walking with Him. Say this if you're ready to move forward in God. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus. You died on the cross for my sins. Jesus I believe you were raised the dead for my justification. Jesus, I receive you today as my Lord and my Savior. From this day forward, I'm walking with you and I'm turning my back on the world, sin, and selfishness. In Jesus' name, Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.